are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you on this Mardi Gras day, a game day for your Pelicans as well. We'll preview the game against the Memphis Grizzlies in the third segment, as always, but before we get into all of that today, I do want to talk about Brandon Ingram. He's posting near identical numbers, at least scoring-wise, compared to last season. But there's some stuff that's kind of below the surface in terms of shot selection that is concerning. So I'll get into what that difference is, what's maybe causing some of this, and why there's... You could go one of two ways, either be optimistic about it or be really worried about it. I'm not sure which I am yet. I'm curious to hear where you are on this one, so let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So happy Mardi Gras on this really, really cold day. And look, I guess if we're looking for somewhat silver linings, I don't really know if it counts. If there was ever a year not to have to do Mardi Gras stuff, this certainly seems like the year. I think this is either the coldest or second coldest of all the Mardi Gras I've ever been around and been a part of and lived in the city for. And I've lived here since 2004. So I don't know. It's not horrible staying in a house with heat on if you have power, I guess, given everything that's going on in the world right now. So anyway, thank you all for jumping on the show today. I know today normally we may not have a show. We're probably going to have one tomorrow. I'm still completely undecided, but most likely. But I want to talk about Brandon Ingram because watching him this season, has he felt not as good as last year to anyone else? Because that's kind of some of the feeling I get just by watching him, an eye test sort of thing that looks a little bit slower, a little bit sluggish, like playing in mud or something like that. Just not the same kind of dominant guy that we saw last year. And then I went to go check his stats and and they're they're almost identical. It is eerie how similar these numbers are. Last season, he averaged 23.8 points per game. This season, 24 points per game. Last year, he took 17.7 field goal attempts per game. This year, 17.9 field goal attempts per game. On the field, he shot 46.3% last season. He's shooting 46.6% this season. He took 6.2 threes per game last year, 6.5 this year. Both seasons, he has shot 39.1%. These numbers are unbelievably eerily similar, and I don't even know how this is kind of possible. He averaged 5.9 free throws per game last season, 5.5 this year. Um, 6.1 rebounds last year, 5.4 this year, 4.2 assists last year, 4.7 this year, one steal last year, 0.6 steals this year. That's somewhat of a big difference. Uh, and 0.6 blocks last year, but one block this year. So those two basically equal the same amount. The numbers are essentially the same damn thing. And it feels like he's playing worse. That's kind of a weird thing to say and a weird thing to feel, right? When he's putting up virtually the exact same numbers, the exact same kind of efficiency. But when you really dive into it, 
there is some things that are different and there are some indications other than the eye test that, yeah, he's trying way harder to score those same amount of points than he was doing last season. And it comes into a shot selection and in particular where he's getting those shots from this year, 13.3% of Brandon Ingram's field goal attempts are at the rim. That is a career low number for him. Last year, he was taking 25% of his shots. So one out of every four shots he took was at the rim. This year, it's 13%. It's a significant difference. He's basically shooting about half as many attempts at the rim as this season as he did last year. And then when you get into the mid-range game, so he's taking more threes this year. It was 35% of his threes last year. or He took 35% of his shots as threes last year. This year, it's 36.3, so a slight increase there. But when you get into the mid-range game is where things start to maybe get a little bit concerning. I don't mind mid-rangers as long as you're shooting them above 50% for the most part. Take them on occasion, just not too many of them. The mid-range is making somewhat of a comeback in the NBA this season, I think. Brandon Ingram last year in the 10 to 16 foot distance, so like not a good shot. He took 16.7% of his shots there last year. He's taking 22% of his shots there this season. It's not great. That's an increase into kind of an area you don't want. But then it gets even worse from 16 feet to three, the three-point line. So those long twos. 10.7% of his attempts last year were there. 17.6, so he's up 7% in that long mid-range spot. These aren't traditionally good shots. Now, on those long mid-rangers this year, Brandon Ingram, that 16 to 3 foot uh three-point range, he's shooting 51.2%. That's really good. However, he's historically a 44% three uh shooter from there. So if this drops a little bit and he kind of gets back towards his career numbers, and look, there's no reason to think you've made great strides in shooting that mid-range shot because no one's doing that. The numbers and the scoring numbers and the efficiency that he has, which is so similar to last year, is going to go down. Same for that 10 to 16 foot range. He's shooting that at 42% this season. However, he shoots historically 38% from there, 39%. So it's a slightly above average number for him, though it's similar to what he shot last year. However, even shooting at 42%, Do you want someone taking 10% of their shots there? Not really sure. Sorry, do you want someone taking 22% of their shots there? Probably not. At the rim, he shoots 74%. I'd rather have him go inside, double what he's doing now. Cut down on those mid-rangers, get more inside, and you should see the scoring come up. Basically, this is all to sum up and say, and we'll end the segment here before getting into why some of this has happened, because I had some theories. They were debunked. I've seen some theories online. We can debunk them to a degree that to score the same amount of points as last year, he's trying and has an insanely harder time doing it. That's not good. That's actually not efficient. So let's get into what's going on with this and why you should either be optimistic or not optimistic going forward. 
Before we get into that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's basically impossible for a chain auto parts store to stock everything that you're looking for. You're just going to be in there talking to the counter person. They're going to have one part, and if that's what you want, you're going to have to pay the price for it. There's a better way, and that better way is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com today to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Literally everything you could want, they have on there, including parts for cars that are over 40 years old because I've ordered a lot of those recently. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You can choose the brand specifications and yeah, prices that you prefer because best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much money for the same parts. You just want motor oil to be a little bit cheaper, carpeting for your car or tools for the next big project. I just ordered a new impact driver from there way cheaper than anywhere else that I found, give rockauto.com a shot. So go there right now, rockauto.com to see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So we're covering everything you need to know about the Pelicans here, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So as we just talked about in the last segment, Brandon, Brandon Ingram working way harder this season to score the same amount of points, leading to a downswing in his efficiency. And look, there, there's reason for optimism about this. There's reasons to be worried about this too. And we'll get into those in a second, but I want to kind of look at why is this happening? And there's an easy thing that I think people have kind of gravitated towards. And I even thought this myself, but I wanted to kind of dive into some of the numbers and it does not bear this out whatsoever. And that was a lack of court spacing. I'm going to remind you of what the Pelicans primarily starting lineup this season is. It is Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Steven Adams. So you have two non-shooters in the front court in Adams and Zion, right? That should make spacing kind of mucky, I think, is a safe way to say it, a safe assumption. So maybe that's one of the reasons why Brandon Ingram is struggling to score at the rim. He just can't get to the rim. I don't know if that's the case, though, because you can dive into the on-off numbers, and I took a look at what uh, Brandon Ingram's shot selection is like when Steven Adams is on the court versus Steven Adams not being on the court, and you know what? It doesn't really change a whole lot. So when you look at what he's doing, it's basically the same thing. So when Steven Adams is on the court, and this is per 100 possessions, Brandon Ingram is taking 11 field goal attempts at the rim in the restricted area. When Steven Adams is off the court, that number drops to 10.3. So he's actually getting to the rim more when Steven Adams is on the court versus Steven Adams being off. Even taking shots of less than five feet, 11.2 with Adams on the court and 10.9 with Adams off the court. For the most part, this is exactly the same. The shot profile isn't changing at all when you see him out there. So I don't know exactly why this is occurring for uh, Brandon Ingram other than he's just being less aggressive, other than he's just not really trying to drive 
and attack. And here's the thing. He shoots significantly better from three on about the same attempts per 100 possessions when Adams is on the court versus off. His three-point percentage when Adams is on the court is 41.4%. When Adams is off the court, 31.7%, which is worth noting too. And here's the other thing with it. What was the Pelicans' starting lineup last season, right? It was Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Derek Favors once Zion was healthy. That, that's not that dissimilar to the starting lineup we're seeing this season, right? Bledsoe for Holiday at that point in terms of court spacing, about the exact same thing. Neither Favors nor Adams is a court spacer. And you know what? I took a look at these same numbers for Favors and, um, Ad- and, and Ingram here. Pretty much very similar. Not that much of a big difference. In terms of restricted area shooting, field goal attempts... 18.4 when Favors was on the court per 100 possessions. When Favors off the court, 22.1. So it's about a difference of three and a half or so. But here's the thing. 18.4 when Favors was on the court. And now it's 11 when Adams is on the court. That's a significant difference. So it's not the centers that are doing this. My then question, which is something we're going to talk about tomorrow, and I'm going to save the answer for then, tease it, make you guys tune in a little bit, is what are the numbers for Brandon Ingram on and off with Zion Williamson? Is that the potential trouble? And I'm going to do some research on this throughout the day on this cold Mardi Gras day, as I'm recording, it's around nine in the morning right now. Um, And we'll look at that tomorrow because that's going to be kind of the big thing. But clearly the centers and Steven Adams or Derek Favors aren't stopping Zion from getting to the rim and trying to score and doing his thing. Right now, based on what we're seeing, this is an Ingram thing, not a rest of the team kind of thing. And we've seen it. He gets kind of taken out of his game this year, right? Things go wrong. He resorts to isolation style. He tends to play some hero ball rather, you know, and shoot that mid-ranger and kind of rely on that a little bit more. And look, when you're shooting it at 52%, maybe it means you should do that to some degree, but you shoot almost 75% at the rim. You want to see him go there and attack there. But tomorrow on the show, we will look at Zion's numbers and Ingram's numbers. Ingram's numbers with Zion on or off the court. So we'll get into that tomorrow. Then coming up, we're going to preview tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies, which, by the way, might just be what New Orleans needs. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and and BetOnline even covers award shows, TV, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds you could want. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Put in $1,000, you're getting $500 right there. That is a big bet you just won. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and you want those wins, listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. So it's game day for your New Orleans Pelicans. They take on the Memphis Grizzlies on the road. 
I'm not sure what to make of this one. The Pelicans have done a good job handling the Memphis Grizzlies the past this season and last season. They're 4-0 and against them in the last four that they've played. And when you stretch it out, it becomes 8-2 and over the last 10. They handle this team really well. And maybe this is exactly the type of team that New Orleans needs to play right now, coming in on a losing streak towards the end of this road trip, a team that they historically have a lot of success against. But at the same time, we've seen guards light up New Orleans, and you know what? John Morant is there. And though New Orleans did a really good job, in particular in the last game that these two teams played, of limiting him 16 points really held by Lonzo Ball in that game, I'm still a little bit concerned because you haven't seen that kind of defense from Lonzo Ball recently over these past three or four games or so. And you know what? Based on historical trends, it looks like he could go off for a big game here. The key is going to be turning him into a three-point shooter, and I think that's kind of one of the big things. He's shooting 26% from three this season. However, Memphis has somewhat been able to bomb away against New Orleans in the recent history. They shot 39 threes against them in the only matchup so far this season. They only hit 13 of them, though, 33%. That bodes well for New Orleans if they can keep that number away from 40% and kind of limit that. But 39 threes is still significantly above what Memphis tends to shoot on the year, about nine more. That's not what you want to see from them. So trying to limit their three-point shooters and force it into John Morant and let him be a three-point shooter versus a guy like Kyle Anderson or some of the others who are pretty strong shooters, I think is going to be a big thing. Um, but it really comes down to limiting John Morant in this one. If you're able to do that, you can probably win this game, but I don't exactly trust this Pelicans defense to do it. But they have had some success against them so far this year. Brandon Ingram in the last matchup, 27 points. Zion Williamson, 29. If they come close to putting up 60 again for New Orleans, you have to figure things are going to look good for the team overall. But again, the defense is the problem. And really what we're watching for in this one is, does the defense respond to Stan Van Gundy throwing them completely under the bus after the last game? And over this road trip, do they have some pride in not like being just publicly shamed like that? And to kind of further hammer that point home, are there going to be changes to the starting lineup? Are you going to see Kyra Lewis Jr. maybe starting or Nikhil Alexander-Walker starting over a guy like Eric Bledsoe, who probably needs to have his minutes reduced even more right now? Is there a change in the rotation somewhat? As Stan Van Gundy said, they just can't keep going the direction that they're going. That's what we're really watching for in this one. What do the Pelicans do to respond to how bad the defense has been? And how do the players mentally respond to all of this stuff? That's going to be the key for the Pelicans in the rest of the season. Not whether it's Zion scoring, not whether it's Brandon Ingram starting to figure things out. It's going to be the other stuff for this team. Not figuring things out for Brandon Ingram, but just refining his shot selection and becoming efficient again and probably scoring close to 30 points per game if he does that. That's what we're watching for in this one. We'll see. I'm not sure. This team doesn't seem like the most mentally strong group, the most strong-willed individuals that you've ever seen. So I'm going to really be watching their kind of mental makeup in this game tonight. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans, this Mardi Gras edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Should be back tomorrow. I'm like 90% certain we're going to record tonight after the game. We'll talk about Brandon Ingram and Zion, that pairing, how it looks. And we'll kind of go from there. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back 90% certain about that with you all tomorrow.